0: Podcast. I'm Mark Stowers, and with me as always is Chris and Rob Morphy, Thank you for joining us as always. The socials, the instas, the Twitters, the Facebooks. Join us there. Come talk. Come hang out. Come post pictures. We love it. Uh, ratings and reviews are very important for this podcast. We appreciate every rating and review. You can be sure to do that on the iTunes and Apple Podcast apps. Um and this week, we got something real fun that we're gonna be doing. Fun. Classic.
1: Classic Stone class Crypto fun. Yeah, absolutely. I
0: think this is what I mean. We we cover a lot of pretty obscure, um, whether it's aliens or uh, or cryptids, but this is probably like one of the most famous ones that we've done so far. I think mm. I would dare say. Yeah, yeah. So, without further ado, let's get started this week with the Flatwoods Monster. It is so on. The Mothman is far and away the most famous cryptid to hail from the great state of West Virginia. But just 12 years earlier, in the waning days of the summer of 1952, a group of courageous boys and one mother would have a harrowing encounter with a massive monstrosity so bizarre that by century's end, it was destined to become a global pop culture sensation that would eventually rival even the notoriety of Point Pleasant's notorious avian anomaly. In
1: that Darn. Is mouthful robber. It is. Jeez. And you know what? You, you were like a true... You just mounted Everest in our presence. <laughs> you tongue twisted oh, wow, your dude. way up McKinley and you planted oh. your motherfucking flag. Dude, the K2. I'm so uh, proud of you.
0: Did I, did, did, just, did I just K2 the Flatwoods intro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally I did. did, man. All right, well, I'm
1: going to uh, go back
0: to base camp and have a beard and drink soup and have coffee. So. <laughs> but I'm pretty stoked on Flatwoods, man. This oh, is dude, like one of my is favorites. One like, of the
1: classics is something I think we've all heard about since we were kids. Anyone that's probably interested in, in, in aliens, cryptozoology, anything paranormal probably at least heard of this read about it in some book or saw it in some documentary when they were young and uh and it's one of the ones that sticks with you this is one of the great things because you know we like to keep it obscure with the out podcast that's our that's our that's our jam that's yeah. what we like to do this is both it's not obscure it's very famous but it is so fucking esoteric yeah. and extraordinarily weird that it totally it fits is. in our wheelhouse so let's Tis. begin at the beginning Let's get it going, Robert. Located in the center of West Virginia's Braxton County is the town of Flatwoods. Incorporated in 1902 and supporting a population of just 277. Oh, a, geez. Modest, a modest wow. amount of souls. Flatwoods is a quintessentially quiet American town, but that was not the case nearly 70 years ago when eyewitnesses swore that they had an incredibly close encounter with a colossal creature from out of this world. Shit. Yes, I know. The encounter with the creature in question, sometimes known as the Braxton County Monster, the Green Monster, or as, as it is most commonly referred to, the Flatwoods Monster, began as the sun dipped low on the horizon at approximately 7.20 p.m. on September 12, 1952. It was an unseasonably warm day, and 13-year-old Edison Eddie May... Oh, yeah, that's a that's a tight name. Along with his 12 year old brother, Freddie, 10 year old neighbor, Tommy Heyer, and two unnamed boys were playing football in a local schoolyard. They were about to call a play when one of them noticed a massive reddish fireball streak across the dusky sky at an astonishingly low altitude. So it's fucking laser blast. That's just, you know what it is. It's it, it really <laughs> is. It's it, to me you know what it, yeah. it's, a, it's evocative of uh, of eighties movies where it, exactly. things just are just you know bucolic and Americana and it's kids playing touch grrr. football and then you hear that whistling <laughs> yeah. and the rip of the sky and the flaming ball starts descending and it's fucking very odd. Spielbergian. Oh, Spielberg is the tit. The stun boys stare, stared skyward, and braced themselves for what they were sure was going to be a massive impact. But instead of crashing, they were astonished to see the glowing ovoid object execute a series of precision maneuvers before making what appeared to be a controlled landing on a wooded ridge adjacent to a nearby farm owned by one G. Bailey Fisher. While the object managed to avoid a full-on collision with the hill, its weight was nevertheless sufficient enough to rattle nearby homes and inexplicably cut off radio waves in the area for about 45 minutes. Now, I don't know much about seismology, but I know unless it's knocking down radio towers, it probably doesn't usually mm. fuck with radio waves. I, I don't know. I wouldn't think so. But, you know, when it's some anomalous shit, you never know. Yeah, I, I don't know much about magnetics. And, no. Uh... <laughs> no. No, none of us are into what's the word? Science, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's why we are the Kryptonaut Podcast. It's, it's, it's called <laughs> so, pseudoscience listen, for a reason. We
2: like it. We're just not good at it.
1: Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. Ridiculous. That's we're how all, that's how I feel about math. That's how yeah, I feel about a lot of things. We're all big
0: fans. We just don't can't execute it. No, no, no big
1: deal. Cannot show our work. No, not Ever. at all. No. Excited by their strange sighting, Edison, Freddie, and Tommy sprinted to the May's home and excitedly informed their mother, beautician Kathleen May about the arrival of the anomalous object. Tommy, despite all rational analysis of the UFO and its movements, hoped that it might be a meteor because he had been told that such a find could prove valuable. Ah, oh, see, thinking about that cash. Yeah, Keep he thinking is. Oh, thinking about that cool. cash yeah. flow. Yeah,
2: you gotta be at that time. But yeah. then,
1: you know, the meteor that makes the precision landing. But who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe Tommy's like us. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so, like it's, 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 it's funny that that was like to. a
2: viable thing that you taught your kids back then, <laughs> Yeah, like Billy. Look for the yeah. If you see that thing, you chase it down.
1: Do you yeah. know how I know that's true, though? We're all getting new shoes. Because Stephen King wrote about it in The Lones- Lonesome Death of Jordy Verrill. The first thing that that redneck bastard in that, what was it, the second part of the creep oh, show? Oh, yeah, that's
0: right, yeah. Uh,
1: anthology had yeah. right about was that, like, yeah. Meteor. You know, and he has these fantasies about selling yeah. it to a professor yeah. and he's going to make money and la yeah. la la. So apparently this was a commonly held thought. Yeah. Probably not so much anymore. I, well, well it, I mean, literally meteors are valuable right if you find an intact meteor you you can make
0: bank so i can get like a tesla if i find one i can just trade a meteor for a tesla
1: probably more depending how big sweet i'm getting a tesla yeah
2: all right let's do it all right there you go we're we're gonna go meteor hunting this summer
1: (laughs) (laughs) mark needs tesla Needless to say, Kathleen was incredulous of the boy's tale, but her skepticism vanished when she stepped outside to see a slowly pulsing red light that would occasionally emit a series of three flashbulb-like bursts several hundred yards away near the top of the ridge. So she steps out of her house. And she sees it. And she knows it's on.
3: All right.
1: Kathleen was convinced that something had gone down beyond the crest of the looming hill, just as the children had asserted. But what was it? It would be five years before the Soviets would launch Earth's first artificial satellite, Sputnik 1. So whatever it was had to be a plane or some sort of natural or astronomical phenomenon. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, she wasn't thinking to herself, well, Sputnik's not going up for five years. (laughs) It's just that there were no artificial fucking satellites (laughs) at that point. So that wasn't even part of it. We got five years of Sputnik. What is this shit on the ridge? What is going on? Get the gun. We're going meteor hunting. (sighs) Kathleen knew that they had to find the answer to that question and assist any pilots that might be in jeopardy, assuming it was a plane that went down. Solid, solid move. Knowing that she could use another adult's help in this unplanned expedition, she sent the boys scurrying to the nearby home of 17-year-old Eugene Lemon, a member of the National Guard and and the proud owner of a large and sadly anonymous dog eugene was instantly intrigued by the task at hand and armed only with a flashlight he gathered the growing troops and proceeded to lead the party up the shadow shrouded hill in addition to kathleen and her two sons the group also included 14 year old neil nunley and a pair of 10 year old neighborhood kids ronnie shaver and teddy Neal, who had also seen the strange object come down so now we're in full-on explorers stand by me you know, talk about fucking 80s. Yeah, you know, it's the Goonies are yeah. together. You got, and a going you got to like fucking... a little child army together. Oh, totally. It's totally. Got always an army. child army. Yeah, and they're going to march up that hill.
2: That's right. Save Astoria.
1: <laughs> there you go.
2: Fight the squid that you never saw.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I always want... You know, why did Short Round lie? That always broke my heart a little. Yeah. Like, you, you didn't fight a squid. You had an amazing adventure. Why are you lying about an octopus? Yeah. Little did I know as a child, Short Round, and I know it wasn't Short Round. He was... Gadget or whatever the fuck they call it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. US. Data. Data. The fucking... He wasn't lying. The right. fucking editors data. did him wrong. Yeah. But I digress.
0: Still pissed about that squid.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'll never get over it. <laughs> Eugene's big old dog, that's a quote, we don't know his name, but we know he's a big old dog. Big old dog. Enthusiastically frolicked alongside the impromptu posse. And as they neared the base of the ridge, it eagerly ran ahead, disappearing around the curve of the shrub smothered knoll that now com- that was now completely bathed in the continually pulsating red light. So they're getting near the top of the hill. There's trees over the crest of the hill. There's still that pumping red light. Right. And happy, brave dog is like, fuck oh, this. Dog Let's see takes what's going off. on. Dogs have courage. Maybe not a lot of brains, but a ton of courage. Mm. Within moments, the group heard the dog barking hysterically, after which it began to whine with the sound of unmistakable fear. Eugene had never known his hound to be afraid of anything, and he picked up speed in the hopes of helping the animal. Suddenly, the dog burst through the thicket and scurried back around the oddly illuminated hill. The animal was trembling and had its tail tucked between its legs. Eugene almost certainly realized that whatever his faithful companion had seen, it must have been truly unnerving. Yeah, when the dog's
2: bailing on you, man. Not Dude, a good sign. I don't know. Dogs run away from kittens. Dogs, <laughs> fucking hamster. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: dogs can like, be seriously. easily freaked. Yeah, but if this one has a <laughs> reputation for courage, hey, yes. let's give it the benefit of the doubt. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. It seems likely that some of the younger kids also understood that this expedition might not be all fun and games, but if their resolve to get a better look at the downed astrophysical phenomenon had been tamped down by the sight of the frightened canine, the nerve shown by Kathleen and the older boys to push on must have been infectious because all of the kids followed. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they lost none of yeah. the Yeah, Bravery and still Spielberg so far. Yep. It should also be mentioned in deference to the extraordinary loyalty of dogs. That Eugene's lumbering pet ignored its obvious distress and meekly followed its master back up the mount. So I know you love your dogs, it's Mark. A dog. That dog saw something, got cowed. Yeah. And he's like, "All right, Eugene, but <laughs> this, this is the way it's got to be. We're doing it. You're fucking know up.
0: It's a goddamn dog. That's why. It's, like, <laughs> it's a goddamn dog. To dog a death why. to
2: us, part. He gave him a Scooby snack. Oh. He said, "Come on." Come on. Dog, oh, I was like, all right then. <laughs> Dogs have bravery. Rockers. <laughs> oh. Rockers. I have been rockers. dying to hear Scooby say that in my life. Rockers.
1: Eugene and Neil took the lead. As they reached the apex of the hill, they suddenly noticed what they later described as a huge, circular, faintly glowing mass of red coals, which they estimated to be approximately the size of a house resting on the ground about 50 feet to their right so once they crest the hill it's not just a pulsating light anymore they're actually seeing what this is and it is a fucking ovoid object about the size of a house whatever mm. that is i don't know if it's right. a ranch three-story victorian <laughs> i don't know i assume a house whatever and and it looks like a and this is a quote a faintly glowing mass of red coals yeah so that's some fucking shit yeah. there's just like a a glowy
2: rock from like the early big bang like
1: yeah no really, yeah, you like, know what I mean, like a, with yeah. the cracks in it and yeah, the fissures right. and whatnot yeah. the object was bizarre for many reasons not the least of which being the fact that it looked less like a piece of technology and more like a strobing self-illuminated collection of semi-molten rocks hmm. eugene and neil rushed toward an old wooden gate which separated the group from the field wherein the object had come to rest the teens looked consternated should they approach the throbbing ovoid or stand their ground? <laughs> As they considered their options, Kathleen and the others joined them at the gate. Generally speaking, I'm going to say uh, safety-wise,
0: don't approach a throbbing ovoid. Yeah, that's a good Yeah, yeah that almost made me laugh. Yeah. I had to make myself yeah. laugh. Yeah, yeah, no, it's no, true. I so I, was like,
2: come on. Throbbing, throbbing ovoid. ovoid. <laughs> I know, I know. Throbbing ovoid too. <laughs> <laughs> the return. So
1: a house size. <coughs> Molten hunk of pulsating, huge. Stay away huge. from it, dude. Stay yeah. away from it. I mean, you got to be afraid of radiation. You got to, and even if you're not, even if you're not thinking that in 52, it's hot. Wow. It's potentially dangerous. If it's a fucking meteor, I mean, pre sputnik anything went. Times yeah. were wild. No, you're yeah, right. Generally, yeah. that
2: doesn't happen. Like things don't just not. Crash or explode? Oh no! If it's That's a meteor, the thing. They don't just hang is, out and. Right. Like it's
1: a hundred percent not a meteor. It looks well. It doesn't even necessarily look like a meteor. It looks like a natural sort of thing, I guess. Right. Even though there's nothing natural that looks like a round, cracked molten ball, really. Mm. But it doesn't look like a UFO or a flying saucer or a you know some sort of spacecraft. Yeah. It just looks like a, you know, something that could have been eject, ejected from a, a volcano or whatever. But it's huge. It did not crash.
2: Yeah, it's weird. And
1: it's just sitting in a field pulsing. So it's fucking, it's odd. Dane jur. Little Robins. Lava people. The search party was so distracted by the sight of the gigantic glowing rock that they failed to notice the low-hanging smoky vapor which had begun to drift around their ankles like a sticky, sentient fog bank. Like the boys... Kathleen was so focused on the mammoth orb before them that she hardly noticed the inky haze that was creeping up their legs. She would later comment that she initially thought that the night was foggy and that there was a mist in the evening air. Mm. That was until she realized that the mist, and this is a quote, had a metallic smell which burned our eyes and noses. Suddenly the group became overwhelmed by the mist's nauseating odor. Ah, uh, from the throbbing ovoid comes the mist. It comes the mist. Not Metallic good. mist.
2: Metallic as, mist. As
1: if all of this weren't weird enough, the utterly horrifying experience this intrepid party would have in the next few seconds would put the little community of Flatwoods on the front pages of newspapers across the globe and ensure that the date of September 12th, 1952 would be celebrated by ufologists and paranormal investigators for generations to motherfucking come. So you it's got just, you, you got your throbber, right. you got your mist, yeah. now it's on. Well, this is where it's it officially kicks off. coming. This is the party,
0: it's where it happens.
1: While the group's attention was justifiably focused on the colossal radiant orb pulsing in Fisher's Field, none of them noticed the hulking thing that stared at them with fiery orange and green eyes from the shadows of a cluster of oak trees less than ten feet to their left. Mm. The valiant old mongrel that had stuck by its master's side even though it had sensed there was mortal danger on the ridge was the first to notice the presence of this inhuman entity. The dog whipped around with a snarl, focusing on the wooded area behind them. The animal, born and bred to protect those that it considers family, bared its sharp teeth and uttered a deep, guttural growl. The hair on its back bristled as the group turned to see what was wrong. All right, so here I'm going to have a little (laughs) breakdown. All right. Right. There are numerous, sometimes conflicting versions of what transpired next, but we can manage to piece together a general timeline of the events based on the reporting of both journalists and the paranormal investigators who swiftly descended on the scene. One such researcher was West Virginia native Gray Barker, the writer who introduced the world to the vegetable man, as I think we all recall. Oh, vegetable man who arrived at Flatwoods within days of the incident to write about the event for Fate magazine. In an interview with Barker, it was Neil Nunley who claimed that after the dog's warning, it was Eugene who was the first to notice a pair of blue lights just beneath the branches of a great old oak. Kathleen then told Lemon to point the flashlight in the direction of the shining apertures. None of them were prepared for what the light revealed. The group was stunned into a petrified silence, except for Kathleen, who gasped in terror. At the sound, she and the boys were suddenly squirted with a viscous, oily substance that sprayed from the massive creature. Sticky, terrified, and wrapped with fear, this is what they saw. Hovering over a foot above the ground near the base of the oak was a gigantic 10 to 12 foot tall figure with a round, metallic, blood-red face, which was surrounded by a pointed hood that looked like a slightly curved spade from a deck of playing cards. Kathleen would later describe the entity's lower portion as being reminiscent of hanging drapes made from metal pleats. Pale blue beams were emanating from the thing's glowing eyes, which seemed to oscillate in color between orange and green. So, the eyes are orange and green, orange but they're green. shooting blue beams. Okay. Um. Now, a lot of our listeners are probably, <clears throat> very familiar with what uh, flatwoods yeah it it's a classic like. it's a, it's a classic image i are you guys you, you guys are both familiar oh, with oh yeah it i've heard of it but i've never like did a deep dive into Seen it. it okay so bust out a picture there um there th- here's the thing this is what happens when you have a lot of different eyewitnesses that see glimpses of it um and they feed this to different media sources i'm going to just paint the picture they painted and then we're going to try to assemble something cohesive Kathleen also noted that The creature had small claw-like hands that extended in front of it. On September 15th, 1952, an article in the Charleston Gazette attempted to describe the monster based on eyewitness accounts. Employing a classic staccato journalism style, the reporter took down what Kathleen described. The monster left tracks from six to eight feet apart, wore a suit of green armor, looked like a mechanical man, was 10 feet tall, 4 feet wide, had a blood-red face, sported a black spade-like cowl which extended a foot or more more above its head, it had claws like toy hands, orange-green eyes the size of half dollars, it lit up like a Christmas tree with some sort of interior lighting system. Noted radio host and journalist Frank Edwards described the entity in his classic 1959 book Stranger Than Science by stating, Whatever it was, it was alive, and it was a giant by human standards. The flashlight showed the head and shoulders of a creature slightly less than 10 feet tall. It appeared to be wearing a helmet of some sort, projecting from a dark blue-green or greenish-gray body, which reflected the flashlight beams like rubberized silk. That is a f- fucking phrase. Rubberized. That, you know what? I love it. It's almost like Cormac McCarthy. It's super evocative, but it really means <laughs> it fucking nothing. It means
0: nothing at all. Yeah. yeah. But
1: we can all imagine like, ooh, soft and sinuous. Yeah, glitter. Not glitter. And rubbery uh, as fuck. Yeah, like rubbery, but kind of like shimmery. Like super bonded like, silk? Like, 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 like it yeah. belongs
2: in Dune, basically. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, belongs it belongs in Dune. belongs That's the yeah. first
1: thing. It's Harkonnen s- is the Dills. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Rubbery silk. So Wait, you say he left tracks?
1: There were tracks that were found. Yes, we will definitely get to that. In a Sunday, September 14th, 1952 article in the Charleston (sighs) Daily Mail, Kathleen and Freddie described the thing in even more detail. Kathleen began, we got close enough to it so I could see exactly what it was. I was as close to it as the length of a small car. I was close enough that it squirted oil all over my uniform. The thing lit up from the inside. That's the second time we hear that reference, Mm -hmm. so it's got some sort of interior illumination, it looked more metallic. Kathleen would amend her, earliest, her earlier statement regarding its arms by clarifying, now it didn't have arms. It looked like something like antenna sticking out from it. The head was a red color. Now right around the neck, it looked like the neck would rotate. It was just kind of floating. It was about a foot to a foot and a half off the ground. It would be Freddie, her son, who would be the first to officially speculate that what they ran into was not, at least superficially, of biological origin. This is what he said. It was mechanical. It was not alive. Maybe inside the thing, there could have been something that was alive, but what I saw was either a small spaceship or suit of some kind. Something it was wearing. It was mechanical. Over the head was a big ace of spades covering, it was something that looked like a helmet, and I think it was. As fascinating as this is, for I, I, I can't remember mm. if he's 10 or 12 years old, this this motherfucker should have been writing for Marvel Comics from word go. This is 52. Yeah. He's essentially describing sci-fi concepts that had not come into mm-hmm. popular vote, be, be it Iron Man's bodysuit or be it things like we discussed like with the faceless fiend of Tangu where uh, something that looks like... Uh, an android, a humanoid automaton could actually maybe be a craft or a base or something. So I think it's, I mean, it, It doesn't prove that what he saw was true, but boy, it shows he's a break. It's an
0: interesting kind of theory, though, that it's not an actual creature; that it's like some sort of like an automaton, like just straight robot, or that like he states it's like a small craft with something in it. Plus,
1: it's squirting oil
0: everywhere, which is weird. Which is not a biological thing unless you're like a squid, right?
1: Well, unless it's like well, they're saying oil. I I mean, mean, it could have been like space jizz. It could have been a lot of things. (laughs) There's no reason. Listen, biological things spurt all sorts of shit right, blood saliva
2: right. whatever so maybe it's not oil but yeah well it will no, unless it was something mechanical and yeah i mean we don't we don't know or something if they're... for another I mean, if planet a, that happened to refine
0: it was like a uh, leaky robot or something fossil man. fuel
1: based aliens yeah, we, we don't go. know maybe they they come here because they love our sweet sweet oily Just, planet dude there's squirting dead dinosaurs everywhere ha so <laughs> all right i know this is big and I and I and I'm I'm trying not to overwhelm our listeners with nah. this, but 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 it really is important because this is one of the most thoroughly chronicled and famous cases in the in the history of American close encounters. So so I'm really trying to paint as as uh, complete a picture as possible. And another thing that's interesting about what Freddie said is that the lower half of this thing is kind of Dalek-esque. And that's sort of a pioneering thought in that what the Daleks are, these little tiny scummy organic things that live Living in these robotic in, shells. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going out on a limb and saying that, you know, the, you know, people, at the BBC were influenced by this real life American case or anything, but it is interesting. Freddie also corrected his mother's description of metal pleats on the entity's skirt, claiming what mother described as pleats of hanging drapes were actually tubes running vertically they were metal. They were actually metal pipes. They were as thick as my arm, and the eyes were portals. So he's actually claiming he could kind of see within the eyes, I guess. Interesting. Some have surmised that the metal pipes that Freddy referred to might have been part of its propulsion mechanism, or perhaps they were part of the concealed creature's life support system, assuming, of course, that anything was alive inside the armor. The gang took all of this in in a matter of seconds. So that is the yeah, grand description. Yeah. So let's go right back to the story. The dog growls. They turn around. And they see this thing. There's this thing. It's looking at them. They're looking at it. It blasts oil all mm-hmm. over them. And now we resume. Okay. What's happening? It was like a, but a few they, seconds. They went up and they saw to it? because no, They, they were, said
2: they were about car length away, but they just turned around and it was already car length away, or they saw it and slowly got to a it car was It away. was about
1: 10 feet away. And the way I've always... Uh, read it and heard it is that it sort of emerged from the shadows of of the trees like it was without you know hanging out in the old oak grove. It sort of hovered out maybe a few feet, so maybe maybe we're talking about a distance of six or seven feet between. Yeah. They're still standing now. Their back is to so it the moved. Big they didn't pulsing. move. No, right. they didn't move. Okay. So the the orb is behind them. They're standing there. This thing's coming towards them, less than ten feet away. Say. So Seven, seven feet or so. The gang took all of this in in a matter of seconds. Then, without warning, the looming inhuman apparition suddenly lunged forward, chopping the distance substantially, closing the gap, suddenly lunged forward toward the terrified observers by vaulting forward on its metal base. This abrupt movement was followed by a shrill hydraulic hiss, and the group was once again overwhelmed by the sickening acrid odor. Did this being eject this noxious smog as a defense mechanism against what it may have assumed were hostile aliens, or was was it merely exhaust fumes or something else entirely? I mean, we just don't fucking know, But 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 it came out. Regardless of the being's intentions, as soon as it lunged, Eugene screamed out in shock, dropped his flashlight and collapsed backwards in a dead faint. This would be the straw that broke the camel's back, and blind panic immediately set in on the group. Kathleen, Eddie, Ronnie, Tommy, and Teddy staggered back, turned, and made a mad dash down the hill. To their eternal credit, Neil and Freddie scooped up the unconscious Eugene and hauled their comrade down the knoll, no doubt terrified by the prospect that the gargantuan alien entity might be hot on their heels. Tommy would later recall telling legendary author, zoologist, and paranormal investigator Ivan T. Sanderson that he had to crawl under the fence to get away, but that the terrified Kathleen May performed a feat worthy of an Olympian when she cleared the same six-foot high gate without even opening it. So she just fucking, I imagine she grabbed the side and ripped yeah, her legs yeah, over yeah. yeah. Adrenaline and terror. You're going to pole vault that thing. When the search party finally reached the bottom of the hill, most of the group became violently ill and began vomiting. Kathleen knew that it was more than just the fear and the spontaneous physical effort that was making them nauseous. She feared that they had all been exposed to something potentially terrible. These fears were only exacerbated when members of the mob all began to exhibit additional symptoms such as skin rashes, swollen throats, and red, irritated eyes, and even nasal passages. These symptoms lasted for weeks. Kathleen prayed that her children would not suffer permanent damage from their all-too-close encounter. Eugene, who had actually been rendered unconscious suffered the most. Throughout the night, he endured repeated bouts of vomiting and seizures. Thankfully, he survived the ordeal, but he was plagued with serious complications involving his throat for several weeks after. Jesus. Intriguingly, the doctor who treated him and several of the other witnesses claimed that their symptoms were not unlike those described by victims exposed to mustard gas. Tragically, Eugene Stalwart Pup, would allegedly expire just two days after the oh, incident. Oh man, the dog didn't make some it? So toughy. Big old faithful. <sighs> Damn it. Lumber and mutt, who was by his master's side the whole time, but who also was at ground level for the fucking scum mist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a- Shit. Apparently. Now, again, some of the shit might be apocryphal. Right. That's the thing about things like this. Like There was pretty good reporting at the time. Um, there have been books written about it. Uh, but, you know, so, some of it, I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. Not, I have no reason to suspect it didn't happen, but some of it you got to take with a grain of salt. Now, nah, we're it. just going to say the dog died a goddamn hero. Oh, yeah.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Sergeant McPuppins.
1: Ah-ha! R.A.P. If uh, I ever own a dog, it is absolutely Sergeant, Sergeant McPuppins. McPuppins right. yeah.
0: Goddamn bravest dog in the world. Oh, bless his heart. <sighs>
1: bless his goddamn Defending heart. Defending his master from aliens, died from the mist. Ha-ha! <laughs> After arriving home, Kathleen wasted no time in contacting the local sheriff, Robert Carr, who in turn contacted the co-owner of the Braxton Democrat newspaper, A. Lee Stewart. So she okay. calls the cops. Cops call the press. It took the sheriff a while to arrive as he was already investigating what had been reported as another potential plane crash some 11 miles away from Flatwood at Elk River. Nothing was found at the scene. Hmm. Could another UFO have landed in West Virginia on the exact same night? I find that just fucking weird. Like yeah, it's bizarre. We will get into it a little later. People were seeing UFOs galore this night. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just the the, you know, the 277 in Flatwoods or however many actually saw it. But but the fact that, you know, a small town sheriff is investigating another potential plane fucking crash on the night when people go up a hill thinking they're going to I- find a plane crash and end up running into a fucksucking alien that doesn't mean
2: like potential that means somebody thought they saw a plane crash something a light or something go down something
1: something bright and pulsating and it came from the sky so you assume it's got to be an airplane no one's assuming well most people aren't assuming it's something you know extraterrestrial or whatever sure There was even a report from a farmer on a hill adjacent to Fisher's property, though several miles away, who claimed to have observed a brightly lit spot on the hill where the UFO had allegedly landed for an extended period. That is to say, the hill that Kathleen and the kids walked up. Yeah. Somebody, some miles away, saw lights up there, too. The witness was too far away to see what was causing the bright light, but feared it might be a wildfire. No, not crazy speculation, just good neighbor. Sure. did do right. When he grabbed his binoculars, the red illumination instantaneously disappeared in a flash of white. A resident of nearby Birch River, Bailey Frame, reportedly spied a bright orange ball circling for approximately 15 minutes over the zone where the entity was seen. After orbiting the landing site, the orb abruptly shot off towards the airport at Sutton, where the object was also reported. So again, Bailey Frame completely separate witness sees an orange yeah. ball hovering mm-hmm. over where they saw the Flatwood Monster and that shot off went towards Sutton, West Virginia where it was seen there hmm. so this just piles on and on it's, it's almost like um, the Mothman case where it's more about the layers right. and I, oh, I'm not yeah. even, there's no way connecting. we can possibly do it all justice tonight so I'm just gonna we're just gonna, we're gonna be like a Monet painting we're just right. gonna dapple here and there and, and just make this happen When the sheriff finally arrived at the foot of Fisher's Hill, the entire neighborhood had turned out and it seemed as if the tiny town of Flatwoods had been consumed by a carnival-like atmosphere, with a buzz in the air and rumors spreading through the gathered throng like wildfire. Authorities were eager to get to the scene of the encounter, but it took some convincing to get Eugene to ignore his fear and his illness long enough to reluctantly escort the sheriff and the reporter up the hill to the scene of the run-in according to Stewart. Stewart is the guy who co-owns the local paper. He's the reporter. We had to coax Eugene to go back. I had to keep my hand on his shoulder. He just shook and shook like he was scared to death. Once atop the hill, the trio noted a sickening burnt metallic odor as in the scent of a burned out vacuum tube in an old TV set. That's what one of them described it as. So, you know, I don't know if you guys remember old tube sets, but when they burst, that kind of nasty.
0: Ozone. Yes, ozone's
1: perfect. Yes. Yes. So that's what it's like, lingering in the air. Stewart discovered a long pair of strange tracks, this is where he found the tracks, on the ground as well as traces of a gooey black liquid on the trees and grass. But there was no sign of the 10-foot-tall, potentially cybernetic creature or the colossal glowing orb that it had evidently rode in on. While the being may have left Flatwoods, it apparently remained in West Virginia, as legendary Mothman Prophecies author and paranormal investigator John Keel reported. According to Keel, the next morning on September 13, 1952, a young couple who, who had evidently requested that their names be withheld had a terrifying encounter with a similar creature just 20 miles southwest of Flatwoods in Frametown, West Virginia. According to the couple, they were driving through a wooded area when their car engine died. The husband got out to check the engine while his wife remained inside the vehicle. It was then that he noticed a weird light pouring through the trees at the side of the road. Overcome by curiosity, the man pushed through the thicket in order to identify the source of the strange luminosity. It was then that he noticed a feeling of a gentle electrical jolt that rippled through his body. This was before he became overwhelmed by a sickening, sulfurous stench that compelled him to return to the car. As the hacking man collapsed behind the wheel, his concerned wife shrieked when she spied the terrifying creature that had apparently followed her husband out of the woods and was making a beeline for their vehicle. Mm. From the waist down, the floating 7 to 9 foot tall entity seemed identical to the being described the night before. The man and his wife would state that it seemed to be hovering in a bucket shaped apparatus, which I guess is the most basic way to describe it's, yeah. a floating chariot. It's a bucket. Skirt. It's a bucket uh, apparatus okay. Yeah, that was covered in tubes, which right. is kind of like what Freddie May yeah. said. Well, I mean, the Dalek is like an upside down bucket. Yeah, yeah totally. Kind of. Right. Sort of. Yeah. And, and this weird Ish. skirt thing that, yeah. you know, was it made people often think of it as like a witch-like thing. That could be just like a weird... That's like a trapezoid. Transpor- yeah, exactly. Shape. Totally. That was the bottom half. The top half of this thing, however, would be a completely different story. According to the pair, the top half was not covered in rubberized silk with a rounded helmet and a spade-like collar but was exposed to reveal a humanoid torso and a head that bore distinctly reptilian features. Hmm. It also had a pair of arms that tapered down into two claw-like appendages. Was this what the Flatwoods monster actually looked like? Are these people high as fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it shed its armor. Yeah, no, and and that's that's what a lot of people assume because this is... Well, the other one had claws too. Well, it had little yeah, antennae but this has, things. This has distinct humanoid features. What, yeah, what but is.
2: it said claw. One of them said claws.
1: Yes. Right. But but it was it was requalified. I, I think claws. Kathleen May requalified it as weird kind of uh antennae Antennais. type things. Yeah. What I would assume, presuming that this is the exact same creature or <clears throat> one of an identical species or whatever, is that the the hands would be on the inside somehow maneuvering the bio or the the cyber suit or whatever the fuck it would be the vehicle yeah it's like its own little gundam yeah, yeah. exactly yeah super gundam yeah uh and so that it, the hands wouldn't necessarily be on the outside if it right. was just using yeah. this yeah
0: it's got a little protective lever suit.
1: levers and pulleys and pressure hydraulic it's like a fucking rube and- goldberg <laughs> mechanism yeah, it's
0: fucking it's got madness like
2: foot, it's, got it's like foot- a
1: steampunk uh yeah, it's
0: got like foot pedals and like
1: ropes, one of those and i can't believe and- no one's ever done a steampunk flatwoods monster oh somebody better they're gonna have There's so much so cool better. flatwoods monster. Shit Let out me say there. this officially: so cool. not it. Yeah, <laughs> that's not that's not for me. But I would love to see yeah, it. I would, yeah, totally. All right. So, from it's 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 obviously getting some sun from the from the waist up. It's yeah. a rep, reptilian. It's a super hyper. You know, overlord of the world. There you go. With two fucking fingers. The terrified twosome watched in horror as the inhuman thing floated around their car, staring it at them with an icy gaze. That's a shitty, shitty scene. The Not best good. gaze. Oh Not good. This icy gaze. The icy gaze. The creature then placed two of its fingers on the hood of the car, and the couple stared in shock as the paint began to bubble and blister from the heat of its scaly digits. Oh, hot to the touch. Yeah. Ooh, it's got some yeah. chi.
2: Man, yeah. it's got some fucking chi.
0: There you go.
1: Hadouken, bitch! Hadouken.
0: It's going to go full
1: Dragon Ball Z on them. To what must be their everlasting gratitude, the being decided against extricating them from their car with force and simply turned around and vanished back into the woods. A moment later, a luminous, pulsating sphere arose from the trees and ascended into the sky, whereupon their engine reignited and the couple were able to continue with their journey... And likely into therapy. Yeah, you're not going to be recovering from that one. Correctly. No. That's that's a fucking... If you didn't
0: have a concealed carry, you're going to get a concealed carry you, at that I,
1: point. Would, you ever, oh, would you ever drive down a back road again? No, not at all. Yeah, and I would be armed all I, the I time. I, I might be a shut-in. Yeah. I mean, this thing floats around your car, gives you the old icy stare. Yeah, puts the thing your hood. finger melt on your sweet... Yeah, this is what I can car. do. Look. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Gives you like bubble, a, bubble. Gives you a half a Hadouken. Yeah, what, and then fucking splits. Then
1: books. It's like, yeah.
0: you got lucky, kid. Yep. Kids. Yeah. Kids. it's going to ruin your year. quite possibly half a year. I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> that's what I'll be freaking out about, see? Or next year. <laughs> You'll never know. <laughs> Two years from now.
2: Oh my God, the
1: worst. <laughs> so unlike the misrepresentation of the case in the History Channel's Project Blue Book series...
3: Ooh.
1: I'm not going to... All right, we knew this was coming. It has to happen. i got to talk about
0: it. Let's just
1: just say, just real quickly, how do you feel about this? Here's how I feel about it. Okay. I was super, super stoked, um, and I get what they're doing. It's like uh, a proto X-Files historical fiction piece that's trying to recast uh, J. Allen Hynek as a Fox Mulder-esque character that was, you know digging deep into the underbelly of uh, a grand conspiracy right i don't think that necessarily represents the reality of what happened here is my beef with it the production design of the show is so incredible i don't mind i don't mind taking liberties with stories but if they could have just used uh the 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 budget they have and the great resources they have to authentically tell the stories to, of these encounters to stay more true to the actual story. It would be yeah. brilliant. It would right. be absolutely brilliant because what they managed to do, and I have to admit, I didn't watch past the Flatwoods episode because I just kind of, I realized this was not my cup of tea right. is that you actually took a story that is so, in, I mean, so far <laughs> what we've read is so intrinsically fascinating. They pared it down to a mom and her son and daughter walking up into the woods and then just seeing this weird tree group type thing right. in in a oh, in a fiery see. in a you know, fiery well, forest or something, and I'm sorry if I gave spoiler alerts, but that's absolutely not what happened. And it would have been much more fascinating to actually depict it accurately, even if you're going to fictionalize Heineck's life around it. and yeah, why and wouldn't all the you weird stuff? Yeah, why make it less intriguing than reality? No, well, yeah, well, yeah, I don't understand. So that's that's, that's my fundamental beef. All right. And you know, so they're they're doing fiction. That's their thing. I would just I would much prefer a, a an authentic series that took Project Blue Book's best cases and did great historical reenactments. Right. But who the hell is going to pay to see that? So you know. Yeah, it is so it be. Is. It. Unlike the misrepresentation of the case in the History Channel's Project Blue Book series, in the 1990s, Kathleen claimed that she was confronted by two men not long after the event who first identified themselves as reporters, then admitted that they were with the US Air Force and that they had been dispatched to interview her about her encounter. It would be these two plainclothes government investigators who would lay down the theory based on a genuine astronomical phenomenon and a throwaway line in one of Stewart's newspaper articles about a witness who could have seen an owl. It was a joke he threw out the end of the article. What he basically said is that these people look genuinely terrified, but maybe they saw an owl. And so. Oh, oh, they
2: thought they took it as not sarcasm or satire. Yeah, exactly. It was totally
1: like tongue in cheek. Absolutely. That's a suspect owl. These two men claimed that the event was nothing more than confused observers spying a meteor, chasing it up a hill, then being frightened by an owl in a tree, whereupon mass hysteria took over, making the group physically ill. End of story. That's a stretch. That's a stretch. I agree. Of course, this dismissal ignores the pulsing red light seen atop the hill by multiple eyewitnesses, as well as the vibrations that went through the area after the object landed. It also neglects the fact that scads of observers also claimed to have seen the UFOs in the region, including a sighting over Washington, D.C. This is a weird little subnote, wherein 12 small UFOs apparently positioned themselves in a horseshoe formation Around the glowing super orb, to protect it, as it was reported, it was listing as if it had been damaged. So, one eyewitness in Washington D.C. or multiple maybe okay. claims that twelve smaller—I I guess I don't know—like helper orbs yeah, surrounded. Yeah, the re- they re- repair drones. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> exactly. Uh And 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 <clears throat> helped usher it into West Virginia. Said damaged craft was later seen over Front Royal, Virginia, then over Burnsville and Heaters in West Virginia before the last group of witnesses finally saw it land in Flatwood. So there was a trajectory and multiple eyewitnesses in different states. Right. Again, none of this is explained by a fucking owl and uh, I shit your pants fear.
2: Well, dude, there's, there's the smoky oil owl.
1: Oh, yeah. well, that's true. The rarely seen but often heard about. He hangs
2: out with a mirrored nightgall <laughs> that, that we talked
1: about.
0: The mirrored nightgall. Nice. Yeah, oh, I
1: love that. All right, so let's just wrap this up. Owls, meteors, and mass hysteria also fail to explain the fact that, allegedly... All of the Flatwoods eyewitnesses eventually expired to cancer. Oh, man. Some sources claim that until the day she succumbed to throat cancer, Kathleen rued the day that she and a bunch of curious kids decided to leave the comfort of their familiar environs and hike into what may have well been a lethal encounter with an alien unknown. Oh, they all died of cancer. So, every one of them. That's. Th- Listen, again, it could be somewhat apocryphal. They. Some of them could have ended up being fucking coal miners. They all could have been chain smokers. smoke. There could have been buds. other factors. Uh, no, know, but I mean, that's
2: definitely factors. cancer. That's 100%. Like, if you go to the doctors and say... If you look up the records, it says they all died of cancer.
1: I don't. I can't swear that's true. Okay. Which is why I say allegedly. Um, uh, okay. Th- the reports come in, and all I can do is just encapsulate them. Yeah. But... I mean... Th- what I do believe is true is that she, because this was something told by a friend, believed that something she had been exposed to, specifically the noxious fumes, right. um, again, I don't know if she was a smoker, I don't know what else she might have been exposed to, um, was directly linked to her death. So that much seems to have been confirmed in terms of every other Kid dying of cancer uh, of the throat or lungs. I I can't swear that's true. Okay. But that's part of when a story gets this big. Yeah. You know, I think you can't judge all of it, you know, like with equal veracity, what you just have to take it in is the general thrust of it. Right this is why to me it's so important and at least on par with mothman because mothman covered like over a year and tons of <clears throat> eyewitnesses and was really an incredible series of events that i don't necessarily think led to the collapse of the silver bridge we'll save that for the day we do that yeah but i think was usurped by that tragedy so that people didn't focus on it anymore um but this is a much more singular event well duo event if you count the anonymous we'll couple in, the next the car, day yeah and and a series of UFO uh, sightings um, that happened the night before, but it really made a mark on American culture. Uh, it certainly made a mark on that community, and it's and it's one that's like a le- like you don't know why, why is something like Cisco Grove virtually unheard of, right. right? And 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 things like this and Dover Demon are literally household names in in terms of, you know, geeks like us. There's no way of knowing why, but it is super important. And to me, it really, it ranks as one of the most fascinating and significant cases of its ilk. But it was big and we dealt with a lot of it, but let's try to distill it down to its basic form of, uh, something went down on a hill and it was not a meteor and it was not an artificial satellite and it was clearly not a plane, because if it had been a plane crash, it would have been described. Right. A lot of people saw it. A lot of other people had their houses shaken by it. Uh, people lost transmission of the radios. So something absolutely landed. There's only that group of people to specifically say what they saw come out of said vehicle or whatever it was. Right. But none of them... You know they they elaborated on each other's stories. Certainly, young Freddie had yeah, a lot of but, information right. he wanted to extrapolate on, but none of them contradicted each other really. Well, no, and you, no, have but, two but, you know two separate incidences. You know, some this thing.
2: like True. dude clarified like what his mom or whatever said. But, or, but that doesn't mean he was right just because... No, he, absolutely not. So you're like, so what, what, do, you, what do you do here? Which but one that, do you... But
1: do? to me, that's that's not the point. The point is, he wasn't saying, oh, no, it was hot pink and had tripod legs. Yeah. If they were doing stuff like that, then I'd be like, okay. Right. This, no, I, I'm not was, saying
2: that that's... I'm not saying that's a... De-
1: I'm, I debunked it
2: because no, I'm just saying... <sighs> They do have different stories of what this thing looked like still. They have
1: different variations. Um, My point is this. They have different variations of the same story. Yeah. So what I'm trying to establish now are the almost indisputable facts. Everyone can dispute something. Right. Um, And and correct me if you guys think I'm wrong. Virtually indisputable. Something landed on Bailey Fisher's farm land that night.
0: Yeah. Indisputable. Don't know what it not
1: saying it's an alien craft. Right. But it's not a meteor. It's obviously not an artificial satellite. Um a group of people went up there, and they were consistent in their stories of what they had seen. The people that knew them reported that they seemed genuinely afraid mm-hmm. and and you know a lot of them spoke to their veracity, Again, yeah, that doesn't prove what they saw was true. They weren't disputing among each other uh the core description of this creature
2: right. yeah no that i wasn't saying that no no, i'm no, saying I wasn't. sometimes the devil's in the
1: details Agreed. I want to know. The details. I no, but I'm, all I'm trying to do is establish basic parameters. Of oh yeah, yeah, ag- agreeable facts. I'm I'm actually a lot more leery about the next day sighting. John Keel um came up with this story some years later when he was oh, the couple for, or Further, yeah, further yeah, the researching car, yeah. it, and he claimed to come across them. Now I know some people think Keel is dubious. I like his work. I think he's yeah, a, a big, passionate I'm a big researcher. Fan of John Keel. Yeah, um, I'm not saying that you know everyone is gospel here, but you gotta you gotta you gotta use your own instincts and, and take things with a grain of salt. But but I do find it a little bit shadier that these people didn't come forward right away. And uh and I you know, maybe the the reptilian angle always rubs me the wrong way, a smidge, nah, but, see, but you I'm can't not eating it just stop denying the power, man. But, but it's fascinating to think that now. it was essentially the same thing, but with half of its armor gone. It sounds like it shed its armor. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, he, like it like it had to get the wrench and change the spark plugs yeah. and get into the guts of the yeah. ship. Yeah. So he just ripped off because the shirt. It, it does the,
0: have almost the same exact type of, of, of description as the one that was up on the hill. It just sounds like it's armorless.
1: Even the fact that it is a little shorter than the other one would be right. explicable by the fact that yeah. Yeah. It it took without, the armor, without its big cowl, it took the big old helmet yeah, off.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Without the spade hood. Yeah.
1: All right, it's got like like the big
0: classic Iron Man head on, you know, like the old school Iron Man, the big clunky Iron Man. clunky
1: early Marvel. All right, so can we agree that, at least ostensibly, something landed and a not insignificant group of people, I know a lot of them were children, uh, were fairly consistent in their description of what they saw? No, I think think that's all all indisputable. Then where do we fucking go from here? Because even I'm like overwhelmed by this. I mean, the way that I look at it
0: I'm a little bit biased because this is one when I probably one of my favorite like alien, possibly alien encounters ever just say they ran into a goddamn alien and in fact, it was some sort of like mechanical suit that it was wearing, hence the sighting you know the the day after um. In yeah. some
1: ways, I mean, it's too sci-fi for its own fucking good. I, yeah, I'm, it, trying, like, it, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to. Uh, I love it too. It is super sci-fi, but yeah. the but, writer in me is like, like Jesus. Jesus Christ, yeah. this yeah. This, this, should, this should have been written by Heinlein. I'm not saying that doesn't make it true. Right. In, in fact, in in no way does it negate what's going on the, one of the reasons i think so many people are fascinated by it is because of all the pluses in terms of so many people seeing yeah. the ufo and yeah. you know the consistency well, of the witness statement think especially, but it's fantastical
0: yeah with, with yeah. this case though too there is so much corroboration with it with people seeing stuff in the area like whether it's from across the field from you know the guy in the hill or whatever uh, and then you know everything from going up the hill to you know to seeing it to like the noxious gas to the throbbing ovoid I mean, this is one of those cases yeah, that yeah, I'm 100% that. on board with it. Like, I'm just like, yeah, no, that happened. Well, here's
1: the and thing. He, some real oh, shit. yeah.
2: I don't, none of us think that it didn't. Happen. Beside, besides Something what happened.
1: The Blue Book guys were saying, I mean, I know Joe Nickel, you know, legendary skeptic, uh, you know, he went up there, you know, decades later and he further put out the idea that they had seen, there were, there were, there were meteors that were tracked right. on that night. That's sure. a bona fide fact. Um, he, he said they saw the meteor, they assumed it landed when it just went over the hill, you know, and mm. in, in its trajectory, um, I, that it doesn't in any way explain the lights up there or what attracted them to it or the shaking or anything else. They went up there and in their heightened sense of, I'm, I'm simplifying things here, paranoia, they saw, uh, uh, an owl in a tree and Got overwhelmed and assumed it was an extraterrestrial creature. But to me, that's actually harder to buy. Yeah, and, and owls, I mean, owls are fairly
0: decent sized, but they're not as big as the description of the Flatwoods monster or have anything even close like the Flatwoods monster. I mean, maybe. maybe nor are
1: they jizzing oil all over people when maybe, they get startled. Yeah, I mean, maybe, I guess. Oh, yeah, it, or smoky, wise,
0: yeah, like metallic, smoky. Yeah, there, there's not any smoke happening. I mean, maybe shadow wise with like the spade head or whatever. I could see that, but that's one of the wicked pissers, and I'm that's not. Like go, such a stretch. I'm it's not going to go a stretch.
1: Uh, down the 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 rabbit hole of dissing the Project Blue Book series anymore. But in the in the in the actual show, they made it a point to show that the Flatwoods Monster had these frilly appendages that went you know east and west out the side of its head. So it could tie in with the no. explanation of owl. And it's like, you sons of bitches. Yeah. That is not what it looked like. But no. but anyway, that's, yeah. that's I think a
0: the owl there. the owl angle is a farther stretch than an actual alien. I, I
2: well, do too. honestly well, be, yeah. because you <laughs> don't follow you, you No, might I know, I know. No, if you consider the story, sure.
1: Yeah. If you follow a meteor up a hill, but but so what? I mean, I have seen I think we all have seen <sighs> very large Falling Stars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Once like that made you a little scared. Where, yeah, 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 a little bit scared, like in the pit of your gut. You're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, shit.
2: You're not stopping. You're not stopping.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's over. It's exactly. over. Yeah. I'm it's waiting over. for the thud. I'm waiting yeah. for the fucking, you know, yeah. the back blast, like all those nuclear test footage things where the house gets torn to shreds around yeah. you. Yeah, Um, and, and you don't... It doesn't leave a lingering glow on a fucking hillside.
0: Yeah, no. It doesn't
1: land as big as a house. No. To me it's just it's 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 just too much i don't think any again we i always talk about in these terms i don't think any of them really monetized it. i don't think any of them exploited right. it to any great uh advantage so i believe something happened now i'm not saying that the eyewitnesses were 100 percent accurate in everything they described i'm freddie's eagerness to it's definitely a suit def, that's the that's the hubris of a child that's like I I know what I saw. This is what it is. And you know what? God bless him for it. But it doesn't make, as Chris pointed out earlier, that any more authentic than anything else. It is just a strange, large, floating thing. And it makes sense in that if we go to another planet, we wear a space suit. We wear uh, something that is environmentally protective for us. Now, if the next day sighting is to be believed, apparently it doesn't need to be protected from our environment. No, it's can just it sh- can shed its armor. It's sweet body armor so that it I don't know, can s- survive the onslaught of yokels or something, I yeah. don't know, people that would be angry at it and try to shoot it.
0: Special armor for West Virginia.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you
0: go. Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: Maybe. But but so
2: But then again, so back to the tracks. It said they it left tracks.
1: Like 6 to 8 feet It said feet apart, they yeah. found tracks. Uh, nobody saw it leave any tracks
2: I was going to say because everyone sees it floating so like what tracks could it have possibly left
1: I mean yeah, it's, right. who's to say it couldn't drag on the ground occasionally I mean we've all seen that's what I was thinking right but
2: nobody, nobody, nobody saw nobody that saw it, they no. just saw it floating we've okay. all seen
1: hovercrafts hovercrafts really? drag on the ground float above the ground come on hovercrafts
0: like the sand like the, like the desert speeders in
2: Star Wars
1: no, no. Did like, you ever see like a hovercraft on like like the water? Like the big underwater? inflatable thing from the end of uh, f- oh, Rumble in the Bronx. Oh, right, never
0: mind, never mind. Like, that is I, a hovercraft.
1: Like one of them swamp
0: one of them swamp boats, right? No,
1: no dude, no, like, like a giant, boat. like a they land flip.
3: blimp. And they have Let me this talk like... in terms you understand. <laughs> You've no you never seen one? Land
2: sea No, blimp. I have, I have. All right. Okay, you mean like a like a swamp boat? Like a swamp boat. You mean like a <laughs> like a landsbyter? You mean like a David Copperfield going across the Grand Canyon? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no.
0: All right. So, I think that we can rule out an owl. Um, again, because I'm a little bit biased with this and this is one of my absolute favorite cases, Oh my um, God! Yeah. I'm just saying it's an alien. That they straight had in the with an alien. And this is
1: one of those cases where that, it almost, it's, again, it's too good to be true. It all seems to point to it. It yeah. seems to have come in from outer space. It had, if it wasn't a vehicle, at least, it was a large, weird thing that landed easier than it ought to have. Right. It's mechanized. It can float. It can shoot viscous you know, misty scum that might be might mm. be just exhaust fumes, or might be a a way to get rid of enemies. Yeah, I was wondering about that with the, with the <laughs> with the people
0: uh, getting sick with the metallic mist. Like, okay, so if if that's like just exhaust, which could make sense that because as humans we wouldn't be at at all adept with dealing
1: with something like that whatever it's powered by whatever hell sulfur i mean if we were if we were like deep deep breathing you know hyper space diesel fumes it would
0: fuck you up or unless possibly it is some sort of like gas weapon like a a defense weapon those would seem to be the two best options when it lands that it just happens to you know deploy the gas so that it can kind of like you know maneuver without
1: worrying
2: about don't getting know. attacked. Maybe it was just apocalypse. on like a car's on and just emits shit when it's on.
1: Right. Yeah. Like simple yeah. exhaust emissions. Yeah. That's it. Could be, it could be something completely but as, innocent, as shit, emissions that um, human beings and, and dogs apparently are not prepared to handle. Right. Or again, it could be defensive. If we were visiting a planet that had relatively primitive, hyper violent, hairless, Fish things instead You've got of to deploy apes. the gas for defense. Yeah. yeah, it's just like
2: if if the video camera was invented really early. I know, and they had like, and it was just black and white at this time. And right. some people just got footage. It would just look like a movie made
1: in 80,
0: that nineteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like right. like exactly like it is, that.
1: The, it is that sci-fi, and it, and it is that out there. Except that it's actually, it wouldn't look like a nineteen fifty sci-fi movie. It would look like a. 1960s Marvel comic, yeah, yeah, it's more 70s, right. It was, it was cutting edge. It wasn't necessarily reflective of the the sci-fi of the time, which is another thing that I think credibility a is a blocky. hard word to say. It doesn't necessarily lend credibility, but one of the things that that makes me not think it is just kids that just you know went to see a sci-fi movie and are just oh, no, yeah, in real sure, life right. is because. These are concepts that weren't really being dealt with a lot, and especially early 1950s sci-fi. Right. I mean, it's 50-fucking-2. Yeah.
2: yeah, movies. I would like to get a deep dive into what was going on in any kind of comic or, or just some rotating series of sci-fi.
1: Oh, yeah, like Astonishing Yeah, going around magazine. at that time right. to see, see what see they were doing. Like well, similar, not yeah. to yeah. say
2: that they would yeah. make it up. But embellishment, for sure, is an option on right. the things...
1: And classic, like, pre 40 Ackerman uh, sci-fi story magazines were yeah. definitely having aliens and yeah. armor and things like that. I mean, that was not a brand new concept at all. So, there's a lot of things that we could say that could be misinterpreted or outright lied. But you can't get a crowd to see fictional lights on a mountainside. You
0: can't get that many people on board with that. Yeah. You Separately don't, your house it, doesn't yeah.
1: tremble from right. its foundation up when it's fucking mass hysteria yeah and or does yes. it so, i mean yes i would kill for them to have had some cc footage or or, or you know an early iphone or anything <laughs> that's you know it's like this, this, shit, this shit doesn't happen now i know, you know so i was just thinking it, yeah, and yeah. that's the now. heartbreaker yeah you almost think aliens are so savvy they're just being dicks about it like, like oh, they, they got, know what eras they can get away with shit they have
0: twitter now we can't go down there because they'll be tweeting about us hashtag aliens for life. yeah Man, I can't do Plus, it. Plus
2: again, you know, again, it's the fifties. post World War Two. Right. Everyone's a little jumpy. It just seems all this the crazy shit seems to happen.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It was the in it, that decade it after it was the high time for it to happen. Yeah.
2: It was. I feel like I feel like I'm usually not the conspiracy guy, but I feel like there's just oh, almost needs to be a connection between and more, sort of conspiracy conspiracy yeah, War I'm II. that
1: in, in, in deference to good guy that he is. Like him a lot. Uh Nick Redfern. The Rand Corporation, at the time, was apparently working on crazy 10-foot-tall scarecrows that emitted terrifying sounds and maybe even offensive smells that they were going to deploy in, in different nations to intimidate the enemy it is. It was. It's like really rough. I think. I mean, and I and I I have to admit, I didn't really bone up on this one, but I I did read this theory in the course of the piles and piles of research I went through, and uh, and I have to say that was kind of intriguing. Now, it doesn't explain the UFO landing. It doesn't explain. It doesn't explain a lot of things, but the idea of a ten foot tall, strangely illuminated, you know, uh, offensive smelling terror. Crow, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's interesting, but 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 we can't just say, well, then yeah, there it is, right, and, right, 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 and dismiss it all. It's not like a Roswell fucking you know nuclear test yeah. balloon. It's it, it, why it's would an why would they theory. deploy it in fucking in West Virginia? You got to test mean, on lo- the you
0: got to test on the local populace, man. And think about that. it, actually. A small town like that with such a small population. Yeah, that you'd absolutely. want to test it because it was it, 277 people that live there or some shit. Yes, exactly. You could probably wipe them out, and it would just be collateral damage. <laughs> I'm not All saying right, that's you a should, little more brutal. I'm not I don't saying think you should do, should, do you know, that. Like kill, it is, but, but with the Rand Corporation, the fucking government man. Even though when you said that, I'm thinking of Iron Fist and Danny well, Rand. Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was yeah.
1: Right. I say like, the Rand Corporation, like fucking Danny Rand. God damn it! I can't get a fucking break. I would think you would test something like that. Out of your nation, but who knows? No,
0: you tested inside. I I, I put put it on the table
1: because we like to put everything on the table. And Nick Redfern's awesome. Oh, he's the best. He's awesome. He's so cool. Yeah. He's such a good dude, too. So. We have a lot of shit. All right. And in the end, I think I'm going to go with you, man. I mean, I I,
0: you know, it's
1: again, I'm totally biased because it's, it's one of my favorites. It's a fucking extraterrestrial. It's a fucking extraterrestrial, man. It's a god, goddamn spaceship. It's got goddamn yeah. space armor. It's, it's, got, it's, space it's got, got space gases.
0: clearly space armor. A goddamn, Sergeant McPuppins goddamn put his life down. Down. To fucking protect these people. America. Exactly. Really? Chris, what do
2: you or think? Or will he replaced by a goppleganger? And it wasn't really the dog. They took the dog. I
0: thought you weren't the conspiracy guy. <sighs>
2: wow! Wow! And Things just, have changed. You, yeah, they you, have. You guys You're are just pot. being straight arrows. So I have to, I have to throw an alternative idea. Okay. All right. Well,
0: you, this marketplace of ideas is open to
2: your interpretation. Sure is. Okay. So it's either hey. aliens or the government. It's some fucked up shit.
1: Okay. Now, what about- I mean, it could be a super alien false flag. I don't know what the purpose. We're, would be. we're bringing a false flag the into this.
2: Fucking government. Just something to... In the 50s. If if
1: there was one thing that had to be hidden, one fucking thing that was so crazy and everyone's like, oh, shit, if people find out about this, it's going to be a panic. It's going to be fucked up. And they're like, get the Rand Crow. Fucking, we're going to West Virginia. We are going to make a stir. Everyone's going to look at this for this hot minute. And this is way pre the internet when attention spans were a lot longer. And if you could consume everyone to just look at this one thing, then maybe you're missing the real UFO landing, eleven miles away at Elk River. Oh, and you're dude. And, and so I'm, I'm not I'm not taking paranormal off the table. I'm just saying, <laughs> dude. make a whole big to do at Flatwoods. This is like the Gulf of fucking. I uh, think it's a dude. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm thinking
2: I'm thinking they were still thinking about Nazis, and they're like, well, UFOs are, are the rage, so we make something so fucked up that actually right. has chemical weapons.
1: Yeah. Oh, could, I'm sure I mean, they wanted to militarize UFOs. So, if they could. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. All right so, but, now, Chris is
0: on board with alien and or conspiracy theory here. Yeah. I mean, so, which right, is right.
1: We're, we're, we're I, close to being together. It's the most exciting thing that's ever happened. The yeah. conspiracy theory I angle is pretty
0: pretty interesting. It's I mean, not it, it, the question.
2: I they think they're doing fucked up no, shit in the 50s. Like, 100% the, the, they were. The
0: government were. Is, is, is to this day doing fucked up shit. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I 100% believe that, okay, could it be... I don't 100% believe, but is there a possibility that, yes, this was a false flag perpetrated by the U.S. government to keep the populace busy while something was actually happening over here? Of course, it's always a possibility because it's just the way that,
1: that I I loathe works. myself a little for wanting to just say, it's got to be an alien. Because it, it's... It, I know. It, we're, we're, what if we're buying it, dude? What if we're buying the we're hype? That's exactly it. It. Chris,
0: is, Chris is the one that's woke as fuck. Hashtag Chris woke as fuck. Mm. Dude. Over here. Eyes wide open. Facts and signs. Knowing what the fuck. FEMA Area 6. Texas knowing what's happening. Wow.
2: Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I'm not saying I know things, but I know things. Can't talk about it, but... Oh. That's what makes me nervous when Chris says shit like that. <laughs> you
0: and I jump on the aliens. We're like, yeah, it's an alien with a space And then Chris is like, yeah, no, I know the fucking real story. <laughs> yeah. No, oh. you don't know. Got fucking Nazis hang gliding into fucking Utah. Patient zero, man squirrel. Oh, Patient zero, it always goes man back squirrel. to that. Yeah, Son always. Bitch. All right, so I'm gonna still ride my bias into the ground and just say, you know what? I well, love this case. Are we and it's not an alien. even gonna
1: indulge in a, an ultra terrestrial? Are we not even gonna think? No, don't bring it up. Some, no, you magical magical fucked up. We can't. You, you, can't. you know funny? Because I never think about it in terms of this. Yeah. Like things I mean, like like the Casablanca entities or other weird things where it's where it's so hallucinogenic, you're like. Oh, yeah, that's weird. This really... You know what this feels like? Fucking... Your your jalopy broke. You had to fucking land in some shitbag ass water at the fucking south end of the Milky Way to fucking tool it up. People are coming up staring at you. You have to gas them away. You're not necessarily even trying to kill them. You're just like, get the fuck out. You have to, you know, take off your helm and everything and get in there and get into the guts of your ship and fix it, and then you fix it and you go. It feels like like a standard straightforward yeah your ship broke down you're stranded yeah yeah your little fucking repair drones could only do so much they helped you land safely in in west virginia but couldn't fix it for you and then a day later you're up and on your way and those creatures were never here before Never right. here again. Not like repeaters like Greys or Nordics or Reptilian. Well, well, if it is a Reptilian. Just a one-shot deal. Right. Just got stuck here, had to do some Maybe. shit, there now i out.
2: Or they were just an escort, and they were actually supposed to meet government officials <laughs> They got the wrong landing area. Oh, Uh-oh. see, they were supposed to go to DC and they didn't. They fucked up.
1: They were supposed to pull a van. That's why people floor. saw them there. They just overshot yeah. it. See? Wasn't god that wasn't Eisenhower Ooh. president in fifty two? I am so bad at history. You shouldn't even, I... you shouldn't even bring up questions that we can't answer. Yeah, why don't I, 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 you you know, know, you, you I just uh, embarrass us? Bad, you know who was, bad not, at
0: stuff? In was Bill Clinton? I know that.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Or he or was, was not Truman? president. Washington wasn't. I think it must have just narrowed down. Dude,
0: when I was born, Ronald Reagan was a president and that's where I start. Oh my god, that's so funny. He's my George Washington that is the worst
3: <laughs> Christ <laughs> thing ever oh, oh my god
0: All right. I can't do anything is.
3: with that all
0: right, so there you have it. Thank you for joining us for the Kryptonaut Podcast. That is our take on the Flatwoods Monster. Um, you know, actually, Rob and I were talking about this before we uh, on our way to the pub. We were watching these uh, small town monsters. Yes, uh, Flatwoods episode. Absolutely, which is uh, available on Amazon Prime. Totes. Uh, and check it out. Actually, it's pretty fun. It's got it's a cool, fun. It's got a cool like uh, recreation to it, and, uh, and and they interview a couple of the the, the kids actually that are still alive. They they in- oh, interview. Oh, so uh, wait, everyone
1: of them. didn't die of cancer.
0: No, I think that they were maybe two, maybe maybe a brother,
1: maybe a younger kid. But
0: there, there, there was one, one of the actual kids on there, like he was older. So so check that out. That's on Amazon Prime. It's the whole um,
1: Small Town Monsters is actually pretty cool. It's maybe a, it's a pretty it really is about time travel and Neil Nunley. I don't mean to single you out. They just knew, you know, the time cops knew he's going to be like the Could super they. Hitler. And so this is all one big grab-ass clusterfuck to give him cancer before he could fucking have the triple Holocaust. Yeah. Sorry, Neil, you're just the only name I could remember. Offhand. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow. Uh, damning. Jeez. Damning Robert. I know. Damning. It could there have been go. Edison, but come on. Edison. Never know. He's cool. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so yeah, check that out. Um, as always, the uh, social medias, Instagrams, Twitters, Facebook, check us out there. Uh, ratings and reviews. Stick around. We got a couple of uh, reviews to go over. You can do that on the iTunes, Apple Podcast apps, uh, also to our Facebook page. Uh, CryptoNot Podcast at We got stuff for sale, Bobby. Hey. Absolutely. We got some enable pin sets for $13. We got some koozies. Beautiful, I might add. Uh, I marvel and, at them uh, all the
1: time. I look at my set and I'm like, oh, those are awesome.
0: Yeah. Actually, I gave a set to my father today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was pretty stoked on right it. Right on. Yeah, he, he was super excited about it. So, Is um, uh yeah, Yep. Yeah. Okay. So uh so yeah, check that out, the uh com Also to t Public. Be sure to check out
1: our t public shop. Uh we've got some T shirts and all kinds and of things. And let us know apparel. what shirts you might want because Yeah, totally. We're in a unique position where uh you know, Mark is a fabulous fucking designer. I can draw. Um, Chris will create accompanying music for your shirt. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I have
2: nothing to do with shirts. We all, we all Unless have you want skills.
1: me to. Chris, Chris was, is going to make I'm your saying, shirt musical? We are uniquely uh, positioned to create things that there might be a desire for. Sure, uh, right we're well, lucky that we're talented know. men that can fill a lot of roles.
0: Also, too, speaking of things that were created, uh, shout out to our buddy Nick Littlefield. Uh, on uh, Instagram, at I really love pixels. Uh, he printed oh, up, fuck yeah! He printed up uh, the, uh, the the low our uh, our, the, our Batwing logo, the, the Batwing which logo is one that's of now the an enamel pen. enamel pin. Yeah. yeah, he printed up up a uh, super huge copy of it, like a
2: life size. copy. three I do it, three D printed. Yeah, oh, it's, it's so dope! It's awesome. Like it's literally, so cool. you pulled it out. Really? I'm like. How do I put this on my chest? <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah. Says yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, how do I do this? Yeah,
0: that's no, how, clearly how what it's meant for. to yeah. immediately. Yeah, you should definitely, uh, again, he's on uh, Instagram. It's at IReallyLovePixels. Um, also, too, you can see we post up some of his work uh, recently. He oh, put up a, a prototype stuff. for the uh, pool pyramid. He also has the uh, OctaSquatch 3D toy. Um, he has like a whole squatch series. He's got the Space Penguins of the He's got the Space Brains of Palos Verdes. Right on. Nick does awesome 3D work. Oh, phenomenal. check out his work. It's so cool. We got uh, and, and, and and of course, thank you, Nick. Thank you for everything that you've Absolutely. done. Absolutely. Mm. And uh, there's a couple of projects that we got working on out with him in the future that he's going to be working on with us. So awesome. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be pretty cool. So uh, there you have it. Stick around for the ratings and reviews, and um, we'll
1: be talking to you soon.
2: Bye. Keep
1: your, huh. keep your eyes to the sky, oh, folks. Oh, yeah. Trust and nothing. run. Trust no one.
2: Run away. When you
1: see a UFO, think, who's trying to kill me and why? That's right. What yeah. am I going to do in what the future? What gas
2: is aboard that ship? <laughs> I yeah, know. exactly.
1: What noxious. Is it just stink or is it, is it fucking just, devastating is it stink? Just
0: stink or devastating stink. We'll be talking to you. <laughs> 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 All right. Thanks for sticking around for the ratings and reviews. These are coming to you from the Apple iTunes and the Apple Podcast apps. Five out of five stars. Uh, Ghoulish Effects, our oh, buddy from, uh, from Instagram. Yeah, yeah. She just recently did a really cool uh, reptilian one that we inspired her to do. A, re- a, re- a, re- a reptilian makeup thing it oh, that's looked awesome. amazing she is oh, mad talented dude, she's so dope dude she's so cool so all right she goes on to say five out of five stars these bearded cryptid charlie's angels are the kings <laughs> of the strange and unusual even if you are well versed in cryptozoology these guys will teach you something new and keep you laughing with every podcast they truly are so personable that it feels like you're chilling with your best friends i dare you not fall in love Oh, oh, thank you. Sweet. I would. I would be in love pie. with me.
2: I feel like you're right.
0: Be sure to check her out again. That uh, <laughs> yes, Chris and we've all fallen in love. with you. I know. Uh, be I sure can't to check her fall out. Fall out of love with Chris. I just can't do Are it. Are we gonna do this now? Really? Just is this the time we're gonna do the, right, the, the? You and I love Chris Pod. I love you too. I mean, I love you too, but we're all no, we all, all gushing on Chris. Yeah. I well, you have to. All right. It's just anyway. Anyway. It is. On Instagram, be sure, fo- be sure to follow GoolishFX <laughs> on Instagram. You're aggressive, Jesus. Aggressive
2: Christ. and attractive. You are. You are <laughs> aggressive. That's man. why you're like, I can't, I can't get away from you, man. I can't quit. I can't,
0: is that what it is? I can't I don't quit know. you. Yeah, maybe. Or, I, I'm, I'm not you. Don't be me. Yes. Is that one too? I don't All know. right, cool. Can we are please we a job? Move on. I won't quit. All right, be sure to follow her on Instagram, fx. Uh, she got some really awesome work. She cool. really does. So thank you
1: very much for your secondary review, and Robert, moving on. All right, I'm gonna take us to the land of the Facebook. Oh
0: boy, my favorite spot in the fucking world.
1: No doubt. Yeah, <laughs> not really. Sarcasm. Hey, listen, but let's not let's not hate the players. Listen, Zuckerberg. Just let's the just, game. Okay, let's do it. Kelly Armstrong.
0: Sends oh, us what a Kelly Ooh. Armstrong,
1: and uh, her review is uh, sweet and to the point, and I love it. I love this friggin podcast awesome. oh, actually geez. Kelly's been a listener forever. she's I know. She, like, like
0: like like since the like the beginning she's been around. so what up Cal? oh yeah bless your heart. All right cool moving on here uh, you have ruined my weekends. Oh. Five star shoot one in your eye <laughs>
2: Okay. Oh, oh, here we oh, go. okay. All right, here we go. Is all it
0: right. a Christmas story reference, uh, or does it get a lot I uglier? I think it's a Christmas story reference. All right. Love this podcast to death and back. While on the hunt for a new podcast about all things weird, I ended up digging up this national treasure. I started by choosing a random episode just to see if it was worthy, and after about 36 seconds of listening, I came upon the reality that I am the one that is not worthy. I immediately (laughs) went to the beginning of the show, uh, catalog, and started my listening journey from there. I'm a construction worker and listen while on the job. I have to say, you three fellows make the end of my day feel nigh. I am actually upset come Friday because I have to endure two days without Rob's Eloquently articulated chronicling, Chris's, <laughs> Chris's quips and theories, and Mark's musical interludes, Hence My Ruined Weekend. Keep up the good work, keep the tales of the weird coming, and mid-show, mid-show, bread downs, mid-show bread downs breakdowns, Midshow show breaddowns, breakdowns, Q Mark's growl, <laughs> uh, Robert, a.k.a. Robert, Ohio guy wow nice that was uh, that <laughs> awesome was awesome yeah Jeez. oh my god hey, well, that, hey, i
1: mean thanks man and, that was uh, a fucking ego inflating yeah, ride shit. thank you sir yeah don't robert.
2: be laughing if you're really high up and you yeah know, no don't she, fall don't, don't 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 get yeah,
0: hurt yeah no but i'm glad that uh you know podcasts over the last uh i don't know fucking 10 years or so have helped me uh get through my soul crushing job so i'm glad that we can oh yeah definitely i'm glad that
1: we can provide yeah that to other pay people. it forward yeah totally
0: all right robert continue
1: this one is from Shonda D'Ambrose. Super excited to hear the upcoming episodes on the Vermont awful and the Van Meter visitor. Wink, wink. Oh, nudge, nudge. Oh, Rob. You know what that is? Wait a minute. Subtil. Oh, <laughs> so Rob, so that's for you. Here's what I would say to this Shonda. Um, uh, Van Meter, fucking A. It's, of course. It's fun, yeah. Yeah. No, that's incredible. That's, Basically a fucking that's, kaiju. That's, yeah. it's, it, you know what it is? It's totally, it's, uh. it's. If Subaraya was trying to adapt the Necronomicon in an old West town, nice in the nineteen seventies, it is it is a fascinating thing. I will say this: I will have to miss. I do not know what the Vermont awful is. That's oh, what I was just going to bring I'm, up. i be like the Vermont awful. awful. I've, got, I've actually gotten a, a couple messages about
0: this. It's a whole thing. Check it out. I, you'll I, love you love know it. What? It's cool. I know.
1: I know about the Rhode Island inconsiderate,
2: <laughs> and I don't care
1: for that nice. one at all. <laughs> oh the Pittsburgh who gives a fuck
2: <laughs> <laughs> the, that the, one's a jerk the
0: fucking new jersey indiscretion oh. really is
2: that what oh, you know? boy in, in, every day in, <laughs> indiscretion <laughs> But
1: yes, but Shonda, I will be looking up uh, the Vermont Awful, and you can absolutely expect Van Meter, because it's just fucking so goddamn cool. All right, this is coming <laughs> to us
0: again from the Apple iTunes. Uh, thank you, five stars, Johnny Fast Hands. Hello, ha! folks.
2: Jesus, oh, <laughs> he poker player? Johnny Fast Hands. They don't want to yeah. fuck with Johnny Fast Hands.
0: <laughs> Hello, folks. I'm writing to you from Santa Cruz, uh, CA, home of the Lost Boys. Just wanted True to that. say thank oh, you very Cruz. much for putting movie. out... Such an awesome podcast. It keeps me entertained during my work week. You guys have an awesome chemistry with each other, and it shows with the good quality stuff you guys put out. Again, please keep up the good work, and thank you. Sincerely, your biggest fan, Carlos. Oh, awesome. Well, awesome. Thank, thank you, Carlos. you Carlos. Carlos. Oh, yeah,
1: dude. And fucking way to be in one of the coolest places ever. Yeah, oh, way to oh, be in skateboarding. Santa Cruz. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, I assume Cruz
2: Records was there. Uh,
1: yeah. It's called Cruz. Santa Cruz. Uh,
0: yeah, the skateboard company, Cruz Records, totally. So... Uh, yeah, uh, we're
1: freezing our ass off in New York, so Oh, Rob. we sure are. What we have is a review from James Morrison. The guys are funny and entertaining, plus they usually pick topics that I haven't heard over and over. I love the show. Thank you, James. And yes, Word. we do our diggity damnedest to keep it kind of fresh, because none of us want to be bored together. No. Listen, the cl- we did a classic. We, we just we did a classic. It. Yeah. You can do some classics, but you got to keep it fresh, and you just can't keep just beating the same. You can't chainsaw the dead horse anymore. Chainsaw the dead horse. No. All right. No, there's yeah, there's <laughs> a point where yeah, it's just going to be molecules. That. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You got to <laughs> move on. Yeah.
1: Don't
2: atomize the dead you. horse. <laughs> don't
0: atomize the dead horse. This is going to be our last review, uh, review here coming to us again. The iTunes Apple Podcast. What can I say? Question mark. Five stars. What's really going on? Question mark. You flipping guys are super duper. <laughs> I, I can't <laughs> help but just listen to every Science Fact episode over and over and, over and flipping over. Don't stop.
2: Oh, don't st- can't stop, won't stop. Can't yeah. stop, won't stop.
0: No by threat. the hey. threat. It it's literally what I love to do most. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so cool there it is uh, There is the ratings and reviews For this week Thank you to everyone That left us a rating and review You can also leave us one On the iTunes And the Apple Podcast apps uh, In our Facebook page too, And we will read them So uh, thank you very much And we'll be
2: talking to you soon See you later, bye You guys are the best
0: Secondary bye <laughs> <laughs> It's oh, always gosh. a sad goodbye The secondary goodbye Because yeah. the first goodbye We know we're going to be back Right But then the second goodbye It's like, oh. And then there's the tertiary yeah. See you yeah, next I week know. Damn it all right we'll talking stay today. safe <laughs> bye all right so um you know a couple weeks back I, I ended up getting the flu real bad yes I do so I was hung up for like I don't know four days or whatever with like the sweats and just it was terrible. It was like the worst flu ever so one of the days I was sick was uh was Monday when I when I had to put the pot up. So, you know, whatever. It's hobbled out of bed. Just got the pod going, this and that. Posted it up. So whenever we put a, a new podcast out, we go on Instagram. Well, I go on Instagram, and I put up a picture of, you know, whatever. And this is for the Hampton Rays Bays, or the Hampton Bays. <laughs> the Hampton Rays <laughs> Bays. It, it is a tongue twister. The Hampton Bay, Hampton Bays Rays. So there, there was no picture to put up there. No. Whatever.
1: I mean, well, they're invisible, for one thing.
0: Yeah. So what I ended up doing was looking for a picture of... Uh, like, like this, like the, the sky critters or right. whatever. Yeah. So I put the picture up and then <laughs> this is the picture that I put up.
2: Okay. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> uh, you, well, all right. So all we got is a bunch of comments about kind of looks like a nipple man.
1: <laughs> oh my God.
0: <laughs> yeah. It is the great sky And when you look at Fried it, egg. it's completely a nipple. <laughs> oh, it's, totally. Like of all the possible, like, uh, Sky Critter pictures That I could have gotten Like you know One like that I went for the one That just looks like A weird Morrissey cover (laughs) 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 Jesus Christ So I'm like in bed With a fever Just fucking dying And I'm looking At Instagram Like why is everyone Talking about nipples What the fuck And then I go look At the picture I'm like Oh you son of a bitch (laughs)
3: Like really
1: You did what you could it was pretty
0: funny though. God gotta, bless gotta, you. So thank you all for the uh, nipple comments. That's uh, that's definitely appreciated. I gotta <laughs> I gotta chuck a lot of it, and uh, quite a lot of people liked it, and quite a lot of people
3: commented. So uh, you know, there you go. Yeah, fucking nipples. All right.